I'm Pete Primo. This is the podcast for furniture and mattress store owners who want to make more money without the BS. Welcome to the No BS Sales, Marketing, and More podcast for furniture and mattress stores. If you own a furniture or mattress store or you work in one, this is a podcast for you. Episode 000, February 23rd, 2015. Pete Primo here with Doug Stewart. Hey, Doug, please introduce yourself for people who may not know who you are. Hey, Pete, what's going on, man? Uh, yeah, my name is Doug Stewart. I am uh, the director of training for Mega Group USA. Um, been in the business for a very, very long time. I guess you could say I didn't really have a have a choice whether I was going to be in the bedding and furniture business um, and have really made this um, sort of a lifetime thing for me. So just just out trying to sell stuff and have fun doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's one of my mottos, have fun. Um, I read an article in Furniture Today called Three Reasons to Never Give Your Customer What They Want. And Doug... It was fantastic. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, you know the the concept really came from uh, being on the sales floor as a as a high school uh, student in my grandfather's furniture store. You know, one thing that I learned is a lot of times people came in our store with a with an impression of something they wanted. Um, but they didn't necessarily know what was available. So it was really my responsibility as a salesperson with integrity, really to to help them figure out what it was they really wanted in a in a reasonable way, right? Because most people come in with a perception of quality being through the roof and a perception of pro, uh, of price being in the basement, right? <laughs> exactly. And so it's really our responsibility not only to help them navigate kind of the the price point and what they can expect for the price, but also what they can expect based on what's happened since the last time they made a purchase. And in our business, um, particularly in the mattress business, our customers come in our stores and they haven't purchased anything in 10, 15, 20 years. And our our industry is almost like the... (laughs) like the cell phone industry in terms of change, right? And so what existed 10 years ago, it doesn't even exist anymore. So if that's what they want, uh, we can't give that to them. <laughs> yeah, it actually becomes an impossible situation. And, and I'm glad you used the numbers that you used. You know, we hear this 7 to 10-year number and this 8 to 10-year number, and that's put out by some some pretty responsible organizations that I have a lot of respect for. Um, And and that's the ideal. That's what we would like the mattress replacement to be. But the reality is it's really 15 to 20 years in in the mattress business. And God knows what it is in the furniture business. I really don't know. Right. Right. And yeah, I mean, I think the question that that you have to answer for people is if if they're seeing that eight year advertisement, that's what they have in their mind. You you have to make sure they understand that that's based on the quality of the mattress they choose, and then the way they take care of that mattress, right? Because your bed does not double in weight because of dust mites and all the other gross stuff um, that you may see out there. If you take care of it with the appropriate mattress protector, right? <laughs> what you really have to do is replace it when it needs to be replaced. So that that has to do with the way you take care of it. <laughs> Right. And what what the actual quality of the of the product is? I, I loved how you opened up the uh, uh, the article with the Henry Ford quote. I, I just thought it was a classic. Yeah, one of that's absolutely one of my favorite quotes. And and it goes, if 
Henry Henry Ford said, "If if I would have asked people what they wanted, I would have given them faster horses." And you know, the point is, is that sometimes, and the point that I try to make in in my article is that you know, sometimes what's most important is giving the customer what they need, not necessarily what they want, because this this kind of happens all through history, right? If if Steve Jobs would have given us what we wanted, we would have had a smaller, thinner flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> right, but but he really gave us what we needed as a society, and and because of that, um, he has thrived, and and so have we. Absolutely. So, tell me, you know, one of my favorite articles that I that I read that you wrote, and there's a lot of them. Um, as a matter of fact, do not get off this uh, phone call without talking about how people can get in touch with you, um, and they should all be uh, reading your blog. And also, um, I think you have a bit of news you want to announce, right? Your new- I have a lot of I have a lot of news all the time. <laughs> Which part? You're doing a new podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. The new podcast. Yeah, just just actually launched the first episode. So very very much in the same boat with you. So we are um, we're kindred spirits spirits in that regard. So yeah, new podcast just launched a couple of weeks ago. Um, and so I think very similar to the things that you're doing. That and I'm excited about reading and listening to, to some of your stuff as well. So one of my favorite articles was the one about millennials. You know, many of the guys and gals that own furniture and mattress stores, a lot of them, not all of them, are my age and older. And there's a few younger owners, too, to be fair. But most of the owners are not millennials. And mm-hmm. there's a difference in how you market to a baby boomer and how you market to a millennial. Yeah. Can you go over that? Sure. Well, I mean, I, I don't know that I can speak for you know the the whole generation of millennials, but since I am a millennial, um, I guess I'll I'll meet the um, stereotype and say I know everything about this topic <laughs> and everything about everything else. So if you need any any wisdom, ask a millennial, right? But you know, I think I think people get get my generation, the millennial generation, wrong so often, and they you know they believe that. Maybe we walk around with our cell phones taking selfies and, you know, we're sort of, um, we're, we're too, um, too involved in, in technology. We're not willing to spend money on, on certain things, particularly in the furniture and bedding industry. And, uh, you know, I, I, think, I think what happens is that the millennial generation sort of gets discounted instead of understood. Right. Where we're we're not necessarily in 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 my opinion we're not what many people have sort of have sort of said that we are okay so I'll give you an example just last week I was at I was in San Antonio for the Mega Group show um, the Mega Group convention where there were I don't know more than a thousand people in attendance it was an incredible show while I was there I was spending time talking to one particular um, trainer about how to sell adjustable basis to millennials and this is just sort of a side conversation and one of the things that, that he said is you know the one that you really want to show them is our best model that has all of the technology right it has it has the speakers it has the the bluetooth it has the app it has you know all of this extra technology stuff and my question was well you know doesn't that maybe price the millennials out do you think you should maybe show them something else he said no this is the only one to show them because they only want technology when the truth is is that i believe millennials so oftentimes really want the story they want to know where it came from they want to know 
um, why it exists, they want to know how it fits with them. So as it pertains to adjustable bases, it's not so much about the technology, it's more about how am I going to use it in my home. The experience. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, millennials aren't so much different than the generations before them in that their favorite topic is them. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that right. has been true since Adam and Eve. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's, I don't believe that's a condition of a generation. I think that's a condition of humanity. Yes. Right. Our favorite topic is, is us. And so what we have to, I think, recognize as, a, as an industry is what is it that's valuable and important to the millennial generation? Well, typically it's, it's the story and it's the, the alignment of values because I, I, as a millennial, want to buy from companies and want to buy from individuals where I feel like my values align with their values. And I see companies and people as the same thing. Companies have a character just like people do. And I want to buy from companies that have a character that value the same sort of things that my, my character values. You know, that makes me uh, think of positioning and mm -hmm. messaging, which is mm -hmm. so important in all of marketing. And, and so when you're positioning and you're marketing to a millennial versus a baby boomer, um, what are some of the considerations that, that our owners of mattress and furniture stores should be considering? Well, I think, I think millennials typically want a, a genuine connection. And it's it's just a difference in in our time, right? Um, I grew up with with um, social media, and social media is a conversation. Whereas generations before, they grew up with more traditional style advertising. Well, I want to have a conversation with companies. Whereas before, it was okay to and it was status quo to be interrupted in the middle of a show. That was the price of admission, <laughs> right, right? Right. For watching that show, for making that that show free. And today, uh, I can't tell you the last time I watched a commercial. Um, now, when I'm when I'm fast forwarding through my DVR and I see a mattress commercial or a furniture commercial, commercial, I stop and rewind sure. <laughs> because I'm a dork. Um, but typically, I guess you know, I'm I a dork too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I don't want to watch mattress commercials. I, I mean, I don't want to watch regular commercials. The only commercials I want to watch are the commercials that I choose to watch, and that is the way that that advertising's going and you know Seth Godin talks a lot about you know permission marketing and you know being disruptive in 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 terms of advertising and how it doesn't work the way that it it once did and I don't think that's again that's I don't know that that's a condition of strictly millennials I think that is the way our society here here in America is is skewing we want to have conversations here's an action item for our listeners um, get Seth Godin's tribes Yes. I was a very late convert and just read it. And how many years ago did you read it, Doug? This will show <sighs> you the age difference, guys. <laughs> you I, know what? See, I don't know. Seth Godin tribes? tribes is like brand new to me. And it's like old hat to Doug Stewart. <laughs> that That's the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> well, you know, I would I would say as far as Seth Godin goes, I've I, I have attempted to read everything he's ever written. Yes. he has a and if you haven't um, if you haven't subscribed to his blog, his blog is tremendous as well. He he publishes a post every single day, 
and he's he's brilliant and he will really help and he's really helped me in a, a great deal in in thinking about the same thing differently and and that's what's made him such a such a brilliant innovator in, in our in our generation i see a lot a lot of seth godin in you actually i was trying well, to figure I, it out that's it i that's hope so connection. yeah no i do and I'm, I'm not being flippant about that so here's an action item for all you furniture and mattress store owners google seth godin and subscribe to his blog blog he doesn't re- he doesn't write real long posts does either two short. minute reads one minute reads yeah yeah one, very one very minute short. reads wake up one minute early and add Seth Godin to your reading list. It'll help broaden your horizons and it'll really get your creative juices going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when you said genuine connection and millennials want to have a conversation, I just want to kind of take a step forward and talk about media. In your mind, what's the best media to use, Doug? Well, I, I think it depends on who you're trying to reach, and and what, yeah, and okay. So if it's if it's millennials, it's the 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 newest thing, <laughs> right? I, you know, people talk about Facebook Facebook a lot, but when it when it pertains to the younger group of millennials, I don't know that Facebook even matters at all. Um, you know, Facebook for for me is something that I use, but I use it because um, it's it's such a big part of. Um, I guess our culture that sort of everyone uses it, so you sort of have to be on there. But really, where I spend most of my time as a um, as a professional is on LinkedIn, and as a um, sort of a personal slash professional is on Twitter. Um, but I think there's um, you know you have to really find your um, your niche, what you what you want to communicate, what you do well, and match that with the social media platform that makes the most sense, whether that's Twitter, Facebook, whether that's YouTube or or, or Snapchat or Pinterest, or um, or really whatever aligns best with the way you want to communicate to your customers. So, do you see any uh, advantage to a retailer who wants to start to reach out to millennials, um, perhaps in embarking on a text message campaign? Is that a way to get to millennials, or is Twitter better in your mind? You know, as far as text messages go, I, you know, it depends on how you acquire the cell uh, the cell phone numbers. Yeah. If 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 you have a relationship with a customer that where they're willing and they find value in giving you their number, then yeah, text them. <laughs> However, if you text them without their permission, um, not only will they they not buy whatever you're offering in that text message, but they'll probably never buy anything from you ever again. Um, especially if that if that continues, um, you know I think the most important thing, and 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 look I'm I'm gonna cheat a little bit because I just submitted a, a new blog post um, particularly around social media that's gonna be on on Furniture Day in the next week or so, um, and so I'll cheat in, into that into that post a little bit. But one of the things I say in that post is the the biggest problem that that businesses make or biggest mistake businesses make is they take the social part out of social media. Yes. And they treat it like traditional advertising. And so I think the, the most uh, impactful way to, uh, to, to sort of get into that millennial generation in, a, in an impactful way is to have conversations. Think about it like a sales process. 
right? If you were selling to anyone of any generation, you would you would say that it would make sense to um, listen twice as much as you talk, right? You would you would say that it makes sense to ask um, to ask good questions, sure, <laughs> and to um, and to base your final offer around what you've heard them already say. And so my recommendation, as far as millennials go, would be to ask more questions than give offers and base your offers around the answers that you get from, from that particular demographic or really any of your customers. I think it applies, not just millennials. That, that's that's a great insight. Um, so we want to have a conversation. And, you know, Dan Kennedy is a, has been a big influence in my career. And he wrote an article probably a couple of years ago now, and, and God knows that could have been a, a reprint of another article where he was really talking about creating a sense of community. Mm. And I think that goes past any generations. We all want to feel like we're part of something. Right. And, and so, you know, this is what I'm about to say younger people won't get unless you've ever seen – um, a show about a sheriff and a character called Opie, Sheriff I am, Taylor. I am not only a North Carolinian, I'm also an old soul, old soul, Pete, so I know very well. <laughs> and, and so, you know, when you think about how, you know, on the Andy Griffith show, how they used to, either they were at Floyd's place, mm-hmm. he was the barber, Right. Right. Or they were over at the uh, gas station, which was also a convenience store, which was also where 90% of what happened happened, Right. Uh, it seemed like, on the show. And, and it seems like, you know, with all of our technology, that's something that the human being still yearns for, is that sense of connection. Mm-hmm. And, you know, any attempts that we make at communicating with our customers, if if we start to lose a sense of connection with them, it's it's going to fail. And, you know, I've heard from some dealers, you know, Facebook doesn't work. Well, the way you use Facebook does not work. Right. And I know just enough about Facebook to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that 90% of what I see, I had a dealer, Doug, that was spending $1,500 a month with Facebook mm-hmm. advertising. The expert was posting quotes without images. Now, you mm. and I both know that engagement increases by 25 to 30 percent when you when you use a quote with an image. Right. If you don't use those two together, I'm sorry to sound so blunt, but this is the No PS podcast. You're an amateur. <laughs> right. you're, you're an amateur. And so, you know. Some of you mattress and furniture, furniture, furniture store, store, oh, you are spending your hard-earned money on people to run your social media when you might be able to do as good of a job uh, yourself or a better job yourself and right. save the money by spending a little time educating yourself on, on the process. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Pete. You know, I think that, that very often, you know, it, it, it's, re- it's really easy to fall into this trap to, to think about it the same way as traditional marketing, right? It's really easy. But the truth is, is that traditional marketing, you know, you used to be able to throw $1,500 check a month at an agency and they would, 
throw your stuff out there, your call to action, it looked beautiful, customers would come in the next weekend. That's not the way the social media works, right? There's a place for um, the paid ads and the call to action and the, and, the, and the companies to manage that piece of it, but you can't get off the hook in terms of engagement. And so I, I, I like Twitter better um, because I think Twitter is one of those things where there's really no, there's no um, limit to who you can connect with. If no matter who it is, if I want to send them a message today, I can send anyone who's on Twitter a message, any of my customers. Um, I was recent, recently reading a article about a, a particular pizza company. Um, I think they were in the western part of the United States. And they used the Twitter search feature to search for particular keywords around pizza and people being dissatisfied with their pizza. And so they found their their delivery demographic, and they they got it down to 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 just a small portion of the of people, and they created a stream. And so they would watch this stream, and anytime they would see a customer say something about pizza taking too long from one of their competitors, they would tweet that person and say, "Hey, sorry for your wait. We can get you a pizza in twenty minutes. Here's our number." <laughs> <laughs> right, and so you know that that may be sort of a sort of a slick way to use that feature, but the point is is that that you can figure uh, millennials and really anyone who's on Twitter, we're all crazy enough to put our lives out there for for companies connect with us, and we wouldn't do that if we didn't want to be connected with. That's right. And so finding reasons to call someone out, have a conversation. You know, on Facebook you don't get that same opportunity because if you have a if you have a page, you it doesn't it doesn't interact the same way as as a personal page, a, a company page doesn't. Right. Um but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be taking, you know, that that your delivery guy shouldn't be taking pictures of people with their furniture in their home um with their thumbs up and tagging them or them tagging themselves. Or hey even folks, in your store. That's your third call to action right there. <laughs> Take pictures of your delivery guys with happy customers, post it to your Facebook page, and see if that doesn't get some engagement. Yeah, because if people know that they're if people are happy, people know that they're on your social media site, not only are they gonna go like the page, right, but they're also gonna tag themselves and then every one of their friends or most of their friends will will see that and likely be engaged with that. Because you know, people talk about, you know, if you're not on social media, when people search for something on social media, you're not gonna show up. Well, that's not really the way that that I or I think many of my um, my peers shop on shop or get recommendations on social media. I think traditional knowledge would say that I'd go to Facebook and I'd search for furniture, uh, comma, Raleigh, North Carolina, right, where I live. Um, that's not how I do it. The only thing that I do is I'll post a status update and say, hey, guys, I'm looking for new furniture. Who has a recommendation? I just recently did that. I needed some siding work done at, at my home. And I didn't research any siding companies. I posted a post on Facebook that said, hey, guys, got some siding drama going on. Does anybody have a recommendation? And I got comments from people that are my friends. So it's not about what the company was doing, but how the com- how the companies had interacted with previous customers. <laughs> exactly. So they pushed me. They my my contacts pushed me to a page. Right, right. And I think that's the key. Yeah. So Doug, this was enlightening, and we could go on for an hour, but 
<laughs> you've got you spent the first 20 minutes of this call that we didn't record helping me find my call recorder <laughs> button and jenny came down and helped us both find it in about 10 seconds <laughs> so i i think we've spent enough time for this uh, yes. particular episode and before you say goodbye would you please tell people how to get a hold of you Sure, absolutely. Um, the easiest way is just to go to, to my blog at furnishingresults.com. And that's all one word, furnishingresults.com. Um, you can also, just in terms of connecting with me on social media, you can go to about.me slash Doug underscore Stewart. Um, and if you, don't have, if you don't personally have an about.me um, page, I would highly recommend that you go to about.me and get a, get a page. It's a fantastic networking um, sort of medium um, to connect you and the people who you want to connect with um, to your social media profile. So it's a great, it's a great tool as well. Great, Doug. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely, Pete. Appreciate the opportunity. Have a great day. You too, man. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the No BS Sales, Marketing, and More podcast for furniture and mattress stores. We love reviews at our podcast. They help us get found. Please review us at iTunes or Stitcher. And while you're there, please subscribe. This podcast was brought to you by Primo Furniture Sales. For more tips on selling furniture and mattresses, go to PetePrimo.com. Till we meet again, sell a million. Thank you. <laughs>